cut! Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back again. Second week of the playoffs now. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Utah's finest, Matt Beatty. Mate, just cruising <laughs> through that first round, baby. No, no, no sweat, no dramas. Go Bear, earning his money, isn't he? Doing well. Yeah, Donovan I'd Mitchell's say so. back. Donovan Mitchell went off. He clearly was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Put some respect on their name. LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and uh, LeBron's newfound biggest fan, Jake Eisenberg. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did this come from? Um, whoa, he's done you solid, hasn't he? That legacy's been tarnished. Oh, I don't, look, I wouldn't, oh, I, wouldn't mate, go, I wouldn't go that far. We're, we're five seconds in and we're, and we're already got ex- ridiculously <laughs> right. hot takes. This wasn't oh, even on Lord. the agenda. I was not prepared for that. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't even have anywhere written in here um, crash LeBron's legacy. I can add it, uh, but no, no, no. I, I, there's no, there's no um, legacy tarnishing, but there was certainly no legacy um, adding, emboldening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no as extensions. Much, yeah, as much as he was trying to write uh, the last dance in real time, uh, <laughs> leading up to this series, it didn't didn't quite happen for him. Well, I'm sure we're going to get to that very soon. We have a jam-packed episode because we got the whole first round to cover. We got some second round matchups. We got coaches that have left their teams and teams that need new coaches. To kick things off, we might as well start with today's games and game seven of the first round matchup between Dallas Mavericks mm. and Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi got it back, and I have egg on my face. last week i went off i reservedly apologized to Kawhi leonard still out on paul george he's played well but i'm not gonna take that back yet we'll get there this is very um (laughs) on brand for backdoor cut it reminded me of the um jazz nuggets series where we declared a winner i think (laughs) three or four times throughout the series um the bubble was a crazy time it's cool (laughs) what were we to do um, yeah, look, I mean, the Clippers looked they were like they were left for dead. This is the first game of the entire series where someone actually won a game at home. Um, How insane is that? Like, yeah, for, no, first results aside, the first six games of this series, no one won a home game. And there's fans in there. It's not like it's it's bubble again where there's no one there but cardboard cutouts. Yeah, like our decision to write off the Clippers after going down 2-0 in LA, I still kind of stand by that. Like going back to Dallas with a full crowd. Yeah, you would have thought like <laughs> you you definitely wouldn't have thought that Clippers would just stroll into Dallas and then take those home games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a combination of the, the Mavs were just cooking, cooking and they kind of came back down to earth and you saw the holes in this roster up and down outside of Luca. You know, it well, was I, pretty dire. I want to shout out Beatty on this one because he kind of called it last week when I was going off on the Clippers. You were saying how Kawhi wasn't guarding Luca enough. Simple as. And then they made the adjustment and that's it. Kawhi <laughs> never looked back. He just took the whole game. I, I think... Luca finished with 45 and 15 or something yeah, today. Something ridiculous. Yeah. And it wasn't enough. Not close to enough. So that yeah, was it. Yeah, I mean, I think Ty Lue kind of, I mean, we saw earlier in the series, there's a lot of Pat Bev, and I, I just don't think that that worked. So you got to give Ty Lue some props there that, you know, towards the end of the series, he obviously made some adjustments. I think we saw a lot more Reggie Jackson. We saw a lot more sort of, Terrence Mann, even just just trying different bodies, and then yeah, of course, obviously Kawhi ended up spending some time on on Luca as well. But I think more importantly, Kawhi just on offense just mm. looked more assertive, looked more like okay, I'm the guy on this team. This is game six, game seven. I need to make some shots, and and I think that was probably more impressive for me. This is that scary Kawhi. This is the the Raptors Kawhi, where like you don't know what to. Like what? How far he can push this thing? Because every time you doubt him, he just proves you wrong. Yeah, man. I mean, the pitchforks were out for Kawhi over the past uh, week or so after those first two games. You're not guarding him enough. You're not. You're not taking over in the fourth quarter. And uh, well, he's back. He, yeah, he did. He did both of those. He just took <laughs> out his boxes like insane. Like 
I've got his got his stats for this series up here. 32, 8 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 2 steals, a block, 60, 43, 90. <laughs> He's a robot. He's a robot. We've said it before. I apologize, Kawhi. I called you a cherry on top last week, and it, it's it's wrong. You're a robot. Yeah, no, he he carried this team, dude. And, like, Paul George, man, his stats look okay at the end here with, what was it, 22 and, and mm. 10 and ten assists. But most of those assists came from him, like, standing on the wing and just swinging it to the corner. Um, he was... Uh, he was not very good, I didn't think, today or throughout this entire series. Um, what was he? Five for 15, two for eight from three. Um, he tried to rebound. His, he had a couple of steals, but the the Clippers were up huge and the lead started to slip away. And Paul George is bricking. He's, he had this one turnover where he just threw it into the stands, like back towards half court. And it was like a 10, 11, 12 point game at that point. And I'm just like, they need to trade this guy. He is contributing nothing at this point. Um, Luke Kennard, I was like, Luke Kennard hadn't quite come in yet. And then Luke Kennard came in, Paul George stayed on. but And that was kind of the adjustment of the game. Luke Kennard, and we talked about it last week. We were like, what? where's, where's Luke Kennard this entire season? And he, he came in, hit a couple of threes, made a couple of plays, dived on the floor last game, had an awesome, awesome hustle play. Um, it was upsetting to me because I was really hoping that Celtics would be able to trade for him. Uh, <laughs> but he's really proved he, – his last two games, he was awesome. I think it's a big Tyloo game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And uh, as you say, Paul George did very little to dispel the notion that he's got – I won't say the yips, yippish in big games, um, shooting five from 15 or whatever it is in a game seven when Kawhi really needs some support. It's not helping his cause. No, not not at all. And guys, remember last week? I think it might be a theme in this episode, but we were talking about how free throw, the team that shoots the best at the line, might just win the title, kind of joking. Um, well, Luca couldn't hit any free throws throughout this series. And if he shoots 85% from the line, there's a pretty good shot that they just win. Like, he, what did he go today? It was because he had, he had obviously, what, 46 points and stuff, but he was five from, uh, what was it, from the line? Seven from eleven. Actually, that's pretty good. Um, but throughout the series, he was at around fifty percent, which is I still really understand. Oh. Consider no, but he's not like he's he's only at seventy low seventies for his career and season as well, um, which doesn't make a lot of sense because he's able to like basically shoot from everywhere else on the court with either hand. Um, but the free I, throws. I once watched an interview with historically bad free throw shooter Ben Wallace. <laughs> and um, he would talk about how in practice, if you gave him the ball, sat him on the free throw line a hundred times, he'd sink 85 of them. But in the, in a course of a season, he'll shoot 35% from the free throw line, something abhorrent. And he said one of the biggest issues for him in game, the difference between in game and in practice was in game. He was running so hard and so intensely on defense when it came to actually stand still and shoot a free throw. He was wobbling too much and he could never catch his breath in time to be completely still and sink that shot. Terrible excuse, I know, because you're a seven-foot NBA player. But yeah. that was his reasoning. I'm, I'm moving, I'm shaking, I can't get still. Maybe Luca's moving around too much. Maybe his conditioning's not high enough. Who knows? But he can shoot from anywhere else, so I don't see why else his free throw percentage would be low. And, like, I don't know, probably shouldn't kind of talk about anything negative with Luca. Considering no. how incredible he was in this series, like the only reason this went to seven is because he was playing uh, like Larry Bird. So yeah. uh, I don't know, Beatty. What do they do? What do they do? These Mavs. The poor, the poor Zingas thing is, um, yeah, yeah, that's the situation for me. I don't know what they can do there, but I, the roster obviously just isn't really that good outside of Luca, and and in terms of cap flexibility or, or what sort of moves that they could try and make. I think I saw something today. Cubans already come out. They're not going to consider any sort of coaching changes. Carlisle seems yeah. pretty safe there. And, and that's probably fair enough. But I don't know. Porzingis is just a bit of an enigma, isn't he? Like it's it's, it's so hard to watch him sometimes. And, and his skill set yeah. is quite uh, unique. But it's it's just it's frustrating given his, his body and, and 
what you, I guess, hope that he would be able to do. He just doesn't. And it's, it's weird. Like, I don't know how much to put on that on him or whether that's, you know, a particular scheme that Carlisle just wants to, to, to lean really into or, or that's just Chris Stapp's Porzingis and that's, that's his limitations as a player. I, I reckon there's some perfect cross here between uh, finance and durability where, frankly, Porzingis gets paid too much for what he's still able to do after all the injuries. And yeah. maybe maybe he is better under the rim, banging with people, being that unicorn he was at the Knicks. But if he does that for more than 10 minutes, he's going to get broken bones and then they're just paying him to sit. So you have to chuck him on the perimeter because he can shoot. That's no, what well, like I, to be honest, I can't even really remember Porzingis on the Knicks. It, it seems like it was that long ago, and in, in, in how they played, I know the Knicks were bad during that sort of whole run that he was there. So it's it's probably hard to take too much out of that. But what you see now, the last two seasons of him on the Mavs, it's 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 a, like I just don't know if there's a, a, a space in the league for a guy with that skill set. And as you said, Josh, at, at the sort of payroll hit that he he has, like he's getting paid so much money, and it's it's just not really getting the value for for the Mavs. I think the difference between hit the like in terms of sheer production, it's probably quite similar. His Mavs and Knicks runouts, like he's he's still putting up points, like he still helps offensively. But at the Knicks, he did play center under the rim center, and I believe he had a one or two year stretch before all those big injuries, and it does feel like ages ago, like you say, Beatty, where he was one of, if not the top rim protector in terms of analytics in the whole league. So if you're protecting the rim at an extremely high level and doing all this stuff, then it does have value. Like Nick sucked then, but I'm sure if you put him on a better team, he would have been really good. But if you can't defend the rim, then that's it. You're only doing half a job. He can't do any of those things. He doesn't do any of the things that a seven to three guy should be able to do. Do you guys want to guess how many rebounds he averaged in this series? <laughs> I'm going to say three. Oh, well. I think a bit more than that, but I'd probably say like five, something like that. Yeah, 5.4 in yeah. 33 minutes a game as a yeah. seventh footer. Yeah, That's but he, he's, parked, he's parked out on the three-point line. How's he going to pull down any rebounds? Not on oh, – dude, come on. He is, though. I, I I feel like you, Josh, of the three of us, you are the most pro Porzingis. You, what is for happening? Some reason, you, you really have something a bit like on it. Like he is almost unplayable in a pick and roll on defense. You can't like any any guard with any shred of talent or or speed or or handles just yeah. absolutely eats him alive. So it's 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 very sort of difficult. I guess that's why they they have to trot him out. As a as a notional power forward and play a center, but then their center options are, are what Boban or dude or, Boban or was the second Powell best player or, in the last two games. Uh, yeah, they're, they're obviously just very big picture. Their roster is is weird and it needs a lot of work. I think Josh Richardson as an experiment just hasn't worked at all. Oh, he, that that one or two red hot months he had in Miami has really just sorted him <laughs> out for, for the next three or four years in terms of, of payroll, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. They've, they've got some work to do. No, Zinger quickly became probably one of the worst contracts in the league. Um, no, no, I, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm not defending current Zinger. I'm saying well, that that's where all this came. The reason Dallas dealt for him and how he got this deal, right. this is what got him to that point. But yeah, um, well, right now, it's it's abhorrent. Yeah, I don't know what you do. Like, I like you know, the Kemba contract isn't great, but it's only two more years. you got three years of paying this guy $30-plus million. Mm. Uh, and at least when Kemba's healthy, at least he's do- he actually was kind of playing well towards the end of the season. This guy, man, Kemba was having like, averaging like one less rebound than Pazingas. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about perimeter guys, you just go run and grab the, the ball. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's. What about the well, Clippers, fellas? How are we feeling about these guys? Oh yeah, like I'm, I think we've seen now Kawhi can take over and he can make things happen, and the Clippers have just been shown what they need to do, which is get out of the way and support Kawhi. They need to be the Raptors. I don't care if Paul George is, he thinks he's a superstar, MVP, whatever it is. You're you're Kyle Lowry now and you need to help Kawhi. (laughs) Um, Beatty, you a bit nervous? You're you're jazzed now to face Kawhi? 
Yeah, I, I I would have preferred the Dallas matchup. Come if yeah. if I'm if I'm Utah, I you yeah. know I think obviously Luca is is pretty scary, but yeah, in general, I think the Clippers have got more bodies, particularly those sort of perimeter wing guys that they can kind of throw at Utah. And I mean, if anything, that's Utah's mo. Like they've got multiple <laughs> boy. Like there's a lot of switching, and everyone can kind of cross guard. And the Clippers are exactly the same. And then now it's just really well. One team's got a two-time NBA champion in Kawhi Leonard on it, and the other team has got, you know, their, their star player is a two-time yeah. All-Star or whatever Donovan Mitchell is. You know, it's how how high do you regard him versus, you know, Kawhi Leonard. So it's, it's very... I, I pose this question uh, then. If, if Don was to get through Kawhi and the Clippers here and make it all the way to the finals, would... I guess you can't really think back, but but um, my point here is, if Don was to get past the Clippers, would Utah be taken as that same like Kawhi's got this clout, he's a threat because he's won championships. Could would Don have that similar clout, even though he hasn't won yet, by getting through Kawhi and making it to that final step? No, I don't necessarily think so, but I don't necessarily think that that's that's that important at this stage in Donovan Mitchell's career. Like obviously Kawhi got a few more years on, on, on Don. He's been in the league a lot longer and, and has had more time to win championships. And he's been on a couple of different teams and he's, he's played with some really good players. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think the strength for Utah is obviously just them as a team that they're, they're deep, their rotation yeah. is deep. They, they get con- contributions from the eighth and ninth guys. You know, Jordan Clarkson's important piece for them. Ingles off the bench is an important piece for them. So that's their strength. Obviously, I think the Clippers, it, it, it will still boil down to Kawhi and, and Paul George to an extent. So it's, it's sort of, I guess, whether those guys are going to be hot for four games or whether Utah's nine guys are going to be hot for, for, for four games. Yeah, they're, look, they're not really built in a way where if the Jazz were able to get through the Clippers that... Don would have put on a Kawhi type performance. Like it's yeah. it's it's a more of a sum of the total parts thing. Mm-hmm. Where as the Clippers, it's kind of the other way around, where they're going to go as as far as Kawhi can take them. And on paper, it's it it doesn't again it doesn't make sense that they went to seven games with Dallas. Like yeah, I think just Dallas was hot. Um, but on paper, when the Clippers are rolling, like they've got they can play really different ways. You can throw Rondo in there. Zubach is going to be able to get get back on the court now that Gobert's out there, which yep. um, which is which is a big deal. Um, yeah, the way that the the Clippers play is going to be off the back of Kawhi, and if he's now rolling this way, you get back to the old who's the best player in the series thing. Yep. And going into the playoffs, what well, we were the one, not one, but one of the weaknesses with with Utah is who were they going to throw at uh, Kawhi? Dallas didn't have anyone for him. I, uh, I can't shake the feeling. I've got it deep in the pit of my stomach and it's percolating right now as I speak. I feel like this is a Donovan Mitchell series and he's going to go off. Yeah, see, I, I probably don't. I feel differently. I, I think the thing that, as a Utah, coming from the Utah perspective again, I think the Clippers have so many perimeter defenders that they can kind of, again, switch around on on Utah's perimeter defenders. So Joe Ingles is not going to get the same time. The closeout's going to come quicker from any of these Clippers guys than whoever it was uh, from Memphis in the first round. You know, I think the the one game that Memphis won, it was a Dylan Brooks game. Dylan Brooks had like 30-something points. And, and that's, I think, if you have wings who have a bit of toe about them and, and can dribble the ball and, and attack the rim, that's, that's probably where you can try and get Utah unstuck because then you force Gobert to come out and they play drop coverage. So it's it's, it's this weird sort of dynamic between Gobert dropping or, or stepping out and then you just got to pass and, and make plays and you'll find an open man. So I think there's enough talent on the Clippers to sort of do that. It's just now whether or not Utah is going to get hot from three for four games and, and that, might be, that might be more than whatever Kawhi is able to do. If PG was anywhere near the level of like reputation that he kind of has in the regular season and for his career, then this would it's be, a, I'd be like, walk. no worries. But you, I, there's zero reason to expect him to be like, I don't know, Good. the third, fourth, <laughs> fifth yeah. best player on the Clippers. Yeah. And if anything, it's a detriment because people kind of, there's this awkward, like Kawhi throws in the ball and then he shits himself. And I swear I can see on Kawhi's, in Kawhi's body language. He's like, dude, 
are you fucking serious? We're going to do this again? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my Lord. Um, a quick fire prediction. Who, yeah. Who's taking the series? I just kind of talked myself into the Clippers. Um, so yeah, give me uh, clips in six. Sold, baby. Uh, I'm still taking Utah. I got to. I got to go with the guys. I, I think. I think it'll go seven. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm going Utah in seven. All right, let's go. I, I just quickly, you mentioned you thought it's going to be a Don series. I, I think it'll be more of a Go Bear series. This is well. Gobert wants to earn his money and and get hey. some get some respect in this league. I think I I mean you mentioned that Zubac will be able to play right, but Zubac is not Rudy Gobert. Mm. No. He's not the, he's not a three time depoy. So Rudy Rudy's got to be big in this series, both on both ends. Obviously, I think he's going to bring it on defense, but I I think the pick and roll is going to be. I mean, it's a massive part of Utah's offense, and it's it's mm. going to be just as important in this series against against the Clippers. Yeah, and just quickly, it's it's not just Rudy, man. Like uh, people might laugh, but the, those fifteen minutes that Derek Favors yeah, comes oh, on, he's going to be bouncing yep. around. Like that, who's Clippers going to? Zubac can't play forty-eight minutes. Yeah. Like, no, he's one of the best backup big men in the league. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Like, how many teams are like the Blazers? As soon as their big man goes to the bench, uh, it's Kansas. game over. Yeah. Yep. The Cantor's on, and he had a, a negative. He had a defensive rating of like almost two hundred. I saw, <laughs> <laughs> but he's so good offensively. No, but he's not that good. <laughs> it gets but his numbers, good. that's for sure. He's good. Yeah, he's going to have the regular season twenty and twenty-two rebounds. But yeah. dude, it's yeah, talk about a regular season player. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, well, just you mentioned just earlier uh, free throws. Whoever sinks their free throws is who's going to make it through these playoffs. They're the ones that are going to take it. And you know who sure as shit ain't shooting their free throws? <laughs> ben Simmons in the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, he was boy. three from ten against the Hawks today at the free throw line. Which, uh, honestly... That, that's Hacker Ben. That's like an easy way to win the game for, for Atlanta if if it's going to continue being this bad. It- and he say he got those two free throws towards the end too. Like he was mm. over six for a while there. Mm. Um, man, the the Sixers did not come to play today. They no. uh, they were down. They gave up forty two points in the fourth in the first quarter. One of the, the probably the best defense or top two defense less left in the in the playoffs, and looked like they just weren't ready for Trey Young and the boys. Granted, the Hawks were. Just op- absolutely on fire for the entire first half. Seventy something points in the first half as well, um, and yeah, the the Sixers. You're like, is Joel going to play? Played. I can't kind of pick what's going on with that injury. He actually looked pretty good to me. I thought for the most part, um, not as dominant as he had been uh, through the through the series. But um, and if you look at the final score, it kind of looks a lot better than it was. But I think that was a fake. Fake comeback. It um, it never got to a, like a one possession game at the end, and, and they got so many of those just inbound turnovers, which you don't want to be relying on. Obviously, um, I wouldn't be feeling super great as a Sixers fan after Game One. I mean, like the Sixers still have more than enough to turn this around. But we we were talking about it in our chat during the week a little bit. How should Hawks get past the Knicks, and should Philly get past? the Wizards, which was somewhat guarantees by that point, that Hawks could give them trouble. It's a, it's a funny matchup for the Sixers. They don't have a lot of guys that can keep up with those shifty guards that can do anything from anywhere. And uh, today was a good example of how that can really cause problems for a Sixers team which can sometimes be seen as lumbering. Mm. Beatty, one of your... Uh... Your other teams, East, the East, yeah. drop game I, one. I um, I in that little chat we had earlier in the week, Josh. I originally was a bit like, "Nah, Philly will be all right. They'll 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 go through." And I think you guys sort of con- converted me a little bit. I, I still think that Philly is going to win the series, but I, I do think that Atlanta probably weren't getting enough respect from me originally. I I think that they've got again similar to the Clippers. They've got multiple guys out on the wing that can just can hang on defense 
and I think that's when when the Philly for for their offense to to be humming, you you're relying on guys like I'm not relying, but you need guys like Danny Green and Seth Curry to to be able to hit three point shots. Mm-hmm. And if if they're just getting locked down by dudes like DeAndre Hunter and and even dudes like um, Kevin Herter, who not necessarily mm. like an offensive player, but they're just they're so again they're just so switchable. Like they, any all those and uh, Bogdanovich is good. Like it's it's really only Trey that is probably the I guess if you're looking at him in a in a one on one situation, that's a, a negative on defense. But everyone else on that team can kind of hang. Mm. So it, it, it's I I. I I'm a, I'm a bit worried, but I, I I do think that Philly should still. Like you said, Josh, they've got the talent. It's just what sort of adjustments can Doc make? Is is Ben going to be a little bit more reliable from the line, mm. or even just in general? Otherwise, he's been playing really well. He had a really like, good game outside of that. Yeah, he he played center the other day. Got a triple double there. I was chuffed about that. But like he's not playing badly. He's defending well. It's just he is only scoring within two feet of the rim and that's it. Nowhere else. He can't even hit a free throw. He just needs to to do it more. Like when he – man, there were some moments today when he was getting downhill and you're like, no one's one's kind of stopping him here. I know. The problem was they didn't, really, they didn't really get enough stops to get to get out and transition, yeah. um, which I think will. Man, no one, no one's been able to stop Trey Young yet. This kid is doing some pretty crazy stuff out there. Obviously, in the half court too, he's a really, really tough cover because he, as I've said a hundred times, he can do anything. So, like, if you and I think what this series so far, even though it's only been one game, what it's shown is because. Trey Young is so malleable and able to do so many things. The weapons on the Hawks become much more dangerous because they can be used in so many different ways. And the Hawks have, honestly, like 10 deep in terms of weapons, shooters, dunkers, cutters, or whatever it might be, 10 deep. They can throw out a whole combination of lineups. And it's so hard to prepare against that because you don't know what lineup they're going to throw at you. You don't know who's going to be out there. No, they, they legit go 11, 11 deep. Mm. Uh, like DeAndre Hunter was out today yeah. and Solomon Hill started. He's been pretty – he's been good all year. And this, this Philly team doesn't have the guys to attack off the bounce. Like we're, Same with the Knicks, and that's kind of what we spoke about. Um, we, why, why have we not seen like any highlights of Trey Young just getting murdered on defense? Yeah. It's, it's really like, weird that no one's yeah. done that yet. Someone has to figure out how to do it. Uh, well, it, if if they get the nets at any point, that's oh, when it'll yeah. happen. Well, and well, same with I mean, you, uh, maybe not. We'll get to the bucks later. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, the the nets. I mean, they they will they will put Trey Young in the torture chamber. I yeah, I, I I I think it's this is where I think Ben is is, is Ben's got to do something because mm-hmm. I don't know whether like I he he's so willing to pass out of a post up situation, and I I, I just mm-hmm. wish he had. Even if he had some post moves, which he doesn't yeah. really have, he's he's, he's such a, a downhill transition player, which is awesome. And and when he's in that that mode, he's probably the best guy in the league. Just about if mm. if you wanted someone for that. But in the playoffs, you need other angles and you need other ways to score. And and with his body again, like it's dude, just you got to find a way to get that points per game up just a little bit somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you know, we're talking about how he can be Dray- Draymond kind of thing. Um, but Draymond, even if he's not, you know, attacking guys off the bounce, he's so good at orchestrating the offense and getting people in the right place. Um, you know, he's going to find a way to, to take advantage of the weak link on on the other end. And yeah. Ben's not at that level yet. No, Ben gets a lot of his playmaking is just done through being the biggest, fastest, running downhill. Everyone's closing in on him. Someone's open. There you go. Have the ball. Draymond's calling plays before he's even got the ball. He's asking people, asking, screaming at people run to the other side of the key, I'm going to get the ball, he flicks it to them. He does attack people off the bounce, even though he can't, like, finish. He will dribble at them. He'll try and create some sort of penetration or a closeout or something. It's just he, he's, his offensive IQ, the game's moving around him 24-7, 365, and Ben's kind of just looking at this one situation at a time. Hmm. I do think they need to turn up turn up the defense. Like I think that's going to be yeah. the key. 
Yeah. They, they, I, I think that they maybe just got smacked in the mouth, and they yeah. did. They, obviously, they you know they did come back um, and turn that defense up. Um, so you, you do think that maybe they can just turn it into more of a slog, and in that scenario, they have a much better chance um, once yeah. once they tie the series. The, and the thing that with Atlanta as well, and you, you guys touched on it in terms of their depth, like they've got ball handlers all up and down this roster as well. Everywhere. So it's, it's not just so much pressure on Trey to, to do it every single time. So I think whether whether it's Bogey. Gallinari or Bogey or, or again, Herder, like there's multiple Lou guys. Will. Lou Will, yeah. I mean, Lou hasn't been that good this year, but at the same time, we know what Lou Will can do. Killed so it today. It's, um, he was okay. It's, I mean, yeah, but you could throw him in for ten minutes, and if he yeah. if he starts cooking, you leave him in, and if he doesn't, you take him out. It's, like he's a, if we look at the flip side with Philly, you know, you're really asking a lot of guys like Tyrese Maxey mm-hmm. and and Seth Curry, you know, Furkan Korkmaz. Like it's you, these are not probably the guys that you want to be. As much as I think Seth Curry has been awesome for for Philly this year, you know, it's it's not give him the ball and, and go get us the bucket, Seth. It's more Ben finds him a good look and then Seth hits the bucket. Mm. And again, I mean, what Danny Green had four points today. So that that's another one where they just need they need those three-point shooters to, to hit their shots. All right, quick fire prediction. I'm going to go with Philly winning the next four games. Oh, wow. However, what? I, I, think, I think as Whoa. much as, as much as we've been talking up the Hawks, Today was an outlier. As you say, Philly didn't bring it. They weren't ready from the get-go. I don't expect that to happen again. But do you do, So then are you saying that the Knicks were just a complete aberration then? What do you mean? If, if all the Hawks stomped them, basically gentlemen swept them 5-1, and then now what? They're just going to get gentlemen swept by Philly? Who, who yeah, looked a bit I think there's levels that? to this. <laughs> Knicks, Hawks, yeah. and Philly are three different worlds. Man, I would be – if you think that was going to happen, you should put some money on that because that's going to be some some good odds. But, I mean, I don't think there's any chance. Like, this Sixers team isn't good enough to to play four awesome games in a row, I don't think. And this Not in a row. Maybe, maybe Hawks will win one more, but my point is Philly's going to take control. Today right. was a bit of an aberration. So what are you saying? Sixers in what? Sixers in five or six. Five or six. Come on, mate. Put your hand down. Make a, make a pick. I'm going to stick with my original one then. Six is in five. I'm going to clip that one. That's for sure. <laughs> it's always <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go six is in seven. I don't feel strong about it. I think this is going to be a bigger test than it probably really needs to be for a one seed versus a five seed. But that's if anything, that's just more credit to Atlanta. They've they've had a great season. They've probably exceeded expectations for them. But yeah, Philly in seven. Man, I love it. I love it. Let me Beatty and Joshy versus Jake. Give it to me. Are you going the Hawks? Yeah, give me Hawks in six. In uh, six. Oh yeah, man! Six. I tell yeah. you what. If next week we come back and that's what happened, I'm bringing up the Carl Lowry trade all over again. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah. I'm shitting all over him. Um, I just don't I, like. Embiid was pretty good, but I have no confidence that he's ever going to be out. He put up forty today. Well, that um, yeah, I guess that's my point. Then, what's where's your if Embiid has forty a game in this series? Like, obviously, again, they lost today, so maybe maybe that's the recipe. But I, I mean, I there's no stopping that guy, right? He's and he's yeah. the best guy in this series. The knee is absolutely a concern for me and for anyone watching Philly for sure. Um, but I uh, yeah. Yeah, they were doing I don't know. Some, some terrible doubling of of Embiid. Um, I've seen some awesome Brad Stevens coach defenses double at perfect times, and they were just every time he caught it, sending over John Collins. John Collins, dude, that guy. I don't know what they offered him, but I would not offer that guy that. He's like he's just an athletic guy that can shoot, which is awesome. But he is not getting a match from anybody. Um, but he's just kind of floating over, getting a double team going. And um, I think if they tighten those doubles up. That would be good because that will make a massive difference. But, yeah, no, I just don't see Embiid being able to make it through the series. Like, he's already talking about swelling, all this stuff. I don't know if, it, if it's, like, all Fugazi-Fugazi, but, um, yeah, if, I just don't if, see if, so, if Embiid's not playing, I, I think Atlanta will win. I agree with you. Yeah. But no, um, I don't I'm, think that's I'm, anything. I, that's not red hot at all, but, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 My um, prediction yeah, I, is wholly dependent on Embiid's health. Yeah, well, they're I'm not, they're not winning the next four if, if without him. 
but yeah, I think the I think the recipe for Philly is to slow it down and, and to really just yeah. play some rudimentary basketball. Yeah, yeah, they've got to just make this gross. Just push Trey Young around. Yeah. Um, ben said he's going to try and guard uh, Trey in the next game, so that'll be exciting. That's for sure. Okay. Elsewhere yeah. in the East, we've got Nets and Bucks. Mm. Now we were talking about this to ourselves. Jake and I, anyway, Beatty has firmly been since day one, Nets in four. <laughs> but Jake and I think Bucks actually have a bit of a chance in I'll, this. I'll give they you a game. I was always game. Nets in five. Come on. <laughs> I was, I was asleep. Oh, yeah. well. Uh, I, um... It's disappointing to say the least. And we, we kind of summed it up too. If Giannis is playing 35 minutes a game in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Brooklyn Nets with KD and Kyrie and all these guys, then sack Bud tomorrow because it sure as shit ain't going to happen. In a game where Harden goes out at the 43-second mark of the first quarter and you're like, and the, the Bucs are kind of rolling. They're, they're doing what we said they mm. could do. Dominate by being bigger on the front court. Brooke Lopez was getting offensive rebounds. Giannis was getting offensive rebounds. They were pushing them around. And then uh, they just took out their best players uh, for longer stretches and thought Jeff Teague minutes were a good idea for 15 minutes. That extended Bryn Forbes minutes were a good idea. I mean, and then Bud, Bud, Bud said, we need, we need rest. We need to make sure these guys are rested. Comes out after the game and says that, um, we've got a deep team. We've got to use that to your advantage. Like you do, you don't have a beat deep team at all. <laughs> I know, at it's all. like six or seven deep. Like yeah, you go six deep. That's it. <laughs> I don't know what. Like I couldn't believe what I, I, was, I was like. And then I tweeted. I'm like, I guess Bud doesn't want to live in Milwaukee anymore. Like, he must be sick of the <laughs> yeah, like, maybe. If that's, if that's what he's thinking, dude. I, I mean, and then uh, KD on the other side of things. Kyrie wasn't even that good. Like he was 11 from 26. Three from eleven from three, and Durant. I mean, he was he was a pedestrian, forty eight percent from the field, and one for four from three. Like he had he had an off game. They well, both had off games. Like Ky- Kyrie could shoot poorly and still have a good game in that every time he gets the ball and he starts doing his little shake and bake moves, it draws Drew Holiday out. It moves another guy open, like. I'm I'm sure Blake Griffin wouldn't have finished with nearly 20 points had Kyrie not been trying to attack so much and opening up that space. Like, when was the last time Blake Griffin scored 10 points, let alone nearly 20? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that comes back to, I mean, you look up and down both of these rosters, right, and it's it's actually bizarre, but you, you kind of almost say that Brooklyn are a deeper team. Way deeper. It, it, like, obviously, they're very top-heavy. They're, they're probably the top-heaviest team in the league, but then they've also got, like... Dudes like yeah, Joe Harris had 20, almost twenty points. Blake Griffin, as you said, like that's a that's such an outlier game. But Mike James, like, yeah, Mike, Mike James, James out of fucking Europe, just straight away just comes <laughs> in and yeah, it's Claxton, all those guys. They've obviously um, they've they've filled out the roster well. I I, I was I, I don't know I. You guys are going to sell me on Milwaukee. You were the ones talking talking I, about I'm, Milwaukee. Okay. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just I'm just ex- explaining how terrible Game One was. Um, I mean, I, the other thing, yeah, Chris Middleton was he shot terribly, right? And yeah. uh, they need Chris to be good. So that, I think that you've got to pay put some sort of scrutiny on that. But yeah, yeah. Look, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were a combined. Oh no, math is going to be hard here. Thirteen for. 40 something 41 Shocking. that's that's bad i think that's not yeah. that's not good but at the same time i'm not crediting Kyrie Irving's suffocating defense with the reason Drew Holiday didn't score well he might have just had an off day maybe these rotations fucked with his rhythm i blame bud as you said from the beginning Brook Lopez and Giannis they proved our point they were getting theirs there's nothing the nets could do to stop it Except Bud, he stopped it. He said, stop doing that. Stop attacking the rim and causing them all sorts of problems. So if that's going to keep happening, then no way Bucks are going to win because their coach hates them. But if if they attack those weaknesses as they should, we might have a series. What was weird is that like early in the um, Miami series, Giannis and stuff played like lots of minutes. Like in the game one, I think he played 40, like 42, 43. 
Um, and like, I, what are these adjustments you think were were kind of straightforward and and we, all all season we're kind of like, oh, Bud's kind of doing some different things. It's not just a system, yada yada yada. But um, yeah, Giannis played forty five, Middleton played forty four, and Drew played thirty two, forty two, and that, that's an overtime game. So obviously there was five extra minutes. Yeah. Um, but even that gets Giannis to forty, which is which is super rare, and that was a game one. I I just don't see the consistency. But now on the other side of things is where, you know, if this is fine, you you can only win one game in one go. You know, this game doesn't count for two wins for the Nets. Yeah, this is yeah, game yeah. At home, don't forget that the Bucks had a long layoff. The Nets actually, you know, they dropped a game to Jason Tatum, um, and. <laughs> And Shemi Ojale and Grant Williams, so they, they they haven't been perfect by by any means. Um, yeah, come on, get some Miami Mafia. Get have a go at them while we're here. Come on, you may as well. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. I got tricked into thinking that maybe they were better than than we thought, and then maybe yeah. the Bucks looked better than I than maybe they are. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think of the again of the three. I've been. You guys have really been pushing the Bucks thing, and it's 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 been a bit like. <laughs> I didn't want to join you on the bandwagon because I like obviously I, I think we all universally like Drew over Bledsoe, right? That's that's a oh, that's, yeah, just, that's a no that's a plus plus plus. But aside from that, I just haven't. I don't know. I think that Milwaukee have been like the one seed in the East the last two years, right? Not this season, yeah. but the two years prior to this season. They're a, they're a fucking good team. They're a really good regular season team. It's just that the, the whole knock has been like in the playoffs for whatever reason, but just. And I don't want to level it all up, bud, but they I just do. haven't been, they just haven't <laughs> been able. Well, yeah, and I mean, you can even go back to when he was Atlanta, and obviously, again, the, the whole landscape of the league was different. But I, I, I just don't think I don't know. They've got to change it. They've got to change more dramatically for me to to really buy into to I guess what you guys are trying to peddle here with the Bucks. Well, the the other thing is they shot six for thirty from three. Yeah, that's, and, a, that's a massive factor. You yeah. need to. And Giannis had two. Of, yeah, like Giannis had a third of all of their threes. Um, I, I, I still, I'm still incredibly confident that the Bucks are going to win in six. Obviously, oh my god, um, <laughs> no oh Harden. So that, look, honestly, that that threw that threw the boys off. They were prepared for the James Harden game. I'll give he you. I'll out. give you no Harden for the rest of the series, and I'm still. Well, it's looking like Nets in five. Yeah, it's looking like it's not going to be Harden for the rest of the series, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, and also, why was Harden playing extended minutes against Boston? That was weird. That was terrible as well. Like, yeah. let's take care of this guy's hamstring. I don't know. I think it's an outlier. Middleton is typically an assassin. True Hell Holiday. Yeah. I'm not worried about him being good. You know, my only concern is Bud. Um, but I see Giannis to bully Bud into not taking him out of the game. Like, at some point, Giannis is going to be getting subbed out and be like, just not walk off the court, dude. Just be yeah. like, Push, just pick, pick Bud up, and put him back in his chair, and say, "Look, we don't need you. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna win this game without you." I, um, ne- I, I never, never back the argument where coaches are shit. Go against the coach. I'm with you, Jake. Forget I think Bud. It's Sit him down. Don't, don't wait till game three. Do it in game two. Po- maybe poison him pre-game. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I'm 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 with Giannis. PJ Tucker's experienced enough to know where to find some poison, um, so I'm not too worried about about Bud next game. I think they they will have bullied him or found a way to let the good players play the game as opposed to letting um, Jeff Teague play 14 minutes. The, the Jeff Teague pull up three in transition um, as opposed to hitting Giannis cutting down the the wing. I was like, forget this. That's that's it, boys. That this game's over, um, and kind of made me happy though, because we. I, I thought that Jeff Teague may have left the Celtics and become good, but uh, no, he's still awful. So. I'm going Bucks in seven. Well, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I really. I don't know what. I don't know what games you guys are watching, but yeah. Look, it may have something to do with the fact that I hate the Nets. Um, no, I mean, I, for, to me, it, it really is. I think the Nets have a weakness with bigs and it's not being exploited and it's giving me the shits. Well, maybe you'll find out in the third round when they come up against the best big in the league. 
Well, who'd that's clink a pillow. It's not looking good. That's for sure. All right, um, let's move yeah, west. Anyway. Fellas, a huge, huge... We kind of touched on it at the beginning here, but, uh, we, well, the king is dead. Yeah, for now, this may, this may be it. Pause for this... emphasis. Uh... He's out. I mean, Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan was able to get um, Scotty Pippen to play through that finals and get a ring against the Utah Jazz. Um, I'm not sure if LeBron's leadership uh, was the issue here, but he just wasn't able to get the fellas um, to play to a point where they had any shot in taking down the Suns without Anthony nah, Davis. I, I think, honestly... Injuries caught up with the Lakers, simple as. They had no LeBron and no AD for the last two months of the season or whatever it was. LeBron came back, tried to get fit. Turns out he can't just beat anyone he wants to, and there are some teams that are too good for limping LeBron. Not that he was actually oh, limping. So here's, here's the thing with injured LeBron. Game three, we get... Backing down Crowder, laughing, trolling, spin reverse layups. Everything's fine and dandy. Gets to game game six and uh, what? It was only it was like a 12, 15 point game and he was still alive and he didn't get a couple of calls and he just took him like 12 seconds to get back on defense. Like they got a Mikhail Bridges open three offensive rebound and LeBron still hadn't even come into the screen yet. Um, I just yeah. hate, the, hate the way that he goes out in some of these games. Um, at least go down swinging. You could tell that he well, definitely wasn't used to being in that position. And he didn't like it one bit. I, I agree. It was a bit sore loser-ish. Like, get over it, man. You know, fight a bit harder. It's not just a formality for you to exit the first round. You actually have to beat a team. Um, and he didn't do it. I, I Personally, I think... AD playing that game through a spanner in the works because they were kind of planning on him not playing and then he just turned up that day and was like, yeah, shoot around. Oh, he could barely walk. Yeah. It, yeah I, 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 I almost feel like it would have been better to sit him. I, I think it highlighted just how serious they were concerned that they they had to they had to play him. It was, it was at that point where it was kind of KD on the Warriors before he did the Achilles or whatever. Like, you just you, we need you to, to suit up. And, yeah, it obviously backfired and it didn't. it's a bad look. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think more so than anything, LeBron's just not the LeBron that he was three or four years ago even. This is not the mm-hmm. LeBron that was on the Cavs and carrying those teams to, to the finals. I don't think he's probably got that, that juice left in him. It's not do, him anymore. So. Do, you think, do you think had he not been injured to end the season and coming into the playoffs, maybe he would have been in a bit more rhythm, he had a bit more juice? Because like, like it did happen. It's not like we can't just say, oh, like he would have been all right. He was injured. He couldn't play. And then he had to pop back up for the playoffs and – Again, he's not used to that. He's used to being durable and playing all the time. He won yeah, the look, league last year. We can't say that he's, he's not good enough. Yeah, look, as much as I want to... Well, you know, they are factually bubble frauds. Uh, <laughs> on, I just saw Brady's face. Pure disgust. Um, now, look, you know, if I want to give my Celtics um, the injury excuse... Uh, I gotta kind of give it to the Lakers as well, and that's 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 part of the game. How many teams win the title without really good injury luck? Not many. Yeah. Um, and last year they had perfect injury luck. Like yeah. no one was injured. We had the Rondo kind of go out for the first round, and that was about it. But and this and that was the healthiest AD's been in his entire career. So yeah, you kind of wonder if they're going to be able to. You know, I know I remember end of last season I was like kind of thinking if this was going to be a mini dynasty. I'm definitely not ruling yeah. the Lakers out to come back next year and win the title because if AD is able to get a full off season, you can't rule that out. All four teams that um, made the conference finals last year had had dramas getting themselves together outside the Nuggets, and that's because Jokic is just a Serbian basketball like cyborg um, <laughs> that doesn't get tired anymore. Um, he's the MVP. And the other three teams had injury, COVID, like you name it. It was it was part of it. And um, but but AD needs to take 
his body seriously. I don't know, you know, I don't want to call him out for not taking it seriously, but he needs to go on the LeBron put money like a million dollars into your body thing because it's it's and it's not the unlucky stuff, it's the groin, it's the it's mm. knee stuff, it's muscle like the strains. Le- yeah, the LeBron injury was Solomon Hill fell into his yeah. like freakish and yeah. But the AD injuries, the groin, that that stuff's just like your body's not handling the load properly. So he needs to to get on the LeBron program ASAP. Because I, I, I actually kind of with you, Josh, I think that if LeBron had that ramp up time, and I thought it was happening in that game three game, and it was, but then AD goes down mm. and he's, he was, he was like, he wasn't at that peak yet. Um, but I think if he was able to get through, it was all shaping up because now they would have been able to play the Nuggets who they've, we've already seen this, this last year with, with Murray, they're, they're a really bad matchup for, for the Lakers, for the Nuggets. Um, so yeah, no, I, I would, I would not put it past the Lakers to be, to be juggernauts next year. I, okay. I, th- I think zooming out with this Lakers team and post-mortem for this season as well. The other big question for me is just like, how good is the rest of this roster? Like how actually, how good is this roster? And, and, you know, Dennis Schroeder didn't really show up in the playoffs no one really Kuzma like no it's KCP where's Matthew like you know like Caruso. he was maybe the third best player yeah or Gasol. Like, yeah like Gasol was yeah I thought Gasol was really good but even then like why do you have Gasol and Drummond and AD Harrell. like and Harold like, yeah, like but- you have all these bigs and it's like oh it's yeah we can say that because they lost but had LeBron been fit and they won this series and then they won the next series, we'd be saying how they're great role players and they complement him perfectly. That's what they're there for. The Cavs aren't though, good when he leaves. Like they're, they're, you're left with the pieces to surround him with. They're just, pieces. I, they're not. They're not a team. I mean, we talk. Yes, we spoke about how K, KCP last season was really good and some of these guys. But it was it was AD having the like the run of his life and LeBron being it. A pretty close to peak LeBron, and that and the other guys don't have to do so much. Mm. But we will they're kind of standing around, being like, "Schroeder, are you going to do anything?" Yeah, who's yeah. running around? And that's my He's- point. When when they don't have to do so much, they're great because they're in their lane, they're doing their bit. But when you you know you're tasking them with picking up the slack for a LeBron or Anthony Davis, they're not up for that. Yeah, but I don't know. I honestly just think it comes back to LeBron and AD. Like, if they're going to be in per- in form, then that's the that's the whole story, basically. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, outside of Caruso, I don't. Who knows? Who who's going to be back on this team? Well, yeah, I think there's going to be some movement on this roster for sure. Yeah. I think Kuzma's gone. I I think uh, he might be one of the only guys actually has trade value, and I don't think he's got a lot. Um, of trade value, but like young guy on a like medium contract. Yeah, Le- the GM LeBron uh, is going to be. <laughs> he's already uh, started work. Yeah, he's in. The, he's yeah. He's scouting uh, Cunningham as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, obviously, with Lakers losing, Phoenix won, and that puts them in a series now with the Nuggets. Short-handed Nuggets. No Jamal Murray, but that was still enough to get by Dame and the Blazers. Um, I'm going to go with Phoenix in this one because there is no Jamal Murray. Otherwise, I would have thought about that a bit longer and harder. As good as Jokic is, I think Phoenix has enough to, to get it done. They, they they played so good against the Lakers and Devin Booker. I think he's, this is his coming out. Uh, I think he came out. Yeah, he's, he's out. <laughs> uh, yeah, congratulations to him on on being out, um, Beatty. I mean, you'd be you'd be happy. You've always been a big D book guy. I've kind of been. I got big apologies to say to, but not apologies necessarily. But like Booker and Trey Young, I think as far as young guys who got labelled as guys that might like can't win. Uh, Booker's been incredible in that first mm. first round. I mean, yeah, he was he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 47 points to close it out. Yeah. He's come a long way since uh, that 70-point, mm. uh, embarrassing 70-point game. The loss. Know, the loss to the Celtics. He got 47, and that's enough. I don't need 50. <laughs> the win. Yeah. I need to embarrass myself and the rest of the Phoenix organization. 
Um, and I just, I still don't have a good read on how Chris Paul's doing. Like, he seems okay. Okay. But I, th- uh, I think like the way this team's set up, Chris Paul's there to set the tempo, play make, and if they need a dagger because Book's smothered at the end of the game, then he can do that too. But I don't think they need him to go out there and like push the pace or be a scorer or anything like that. Just him on the floor should be enough. Yeah, look, it should be. They should win. They're favoured to win, but it's not by a lot. No. Um, but, I mean, Jokic is the best player on the on the court by, like, a pretty wide margin. Um, it's just... Yeah, and, like, obviously the Blazers didn't didn't really have it, and defensively they, they didn't really have it. But, um, I don't know, Aiden, Aiden had probably the best six games of his career as well. Yeah, Aiden's showing he can defend. But I just wonder, you know, what was a game? Was it game two where AD just absolutely dominated and they got the win? I think that's the game it was. Um, and he did, and he, AD didn't show up in game one and we had the uh, AD, why is it? Blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen to Jokic. He's averaging like a 35-point no. triple-double. Yeah. Uh, he comes every single night. I don't think I've ever seen him play a playoff game and not play well. Yeah, so... I really find this series difficult. I really don't know. It is. It is. I, I, I get you. I, I think uh, the Jamal Murray thing is, you know, no one really even brought it up too much in the first round. I feel like it's kind of just slipped under the rug. Um, it's I, because Jokic is turning Monte yeah. Morris into Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I think um, Porter Austin Junior's Rivers. Been, okay, Austin Rivers has been serviceable. I mean, Faku's kind of like cool like it's yeah, he's cool other on this on this denver team are kind of interesting like i yeah it's a tough one if 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 we had a really healthy chris paul i'd, I'd probably feel a lot more confident in in, in saying sons but at the same time i, I kind of i kind of i'm a Jokic believer now i, I really mm. do think that that guy i mean he got to the the, the western conference finals last year I, I really love this this Suns team. I think they're a plucky team, but I, I just don't know whether or not. I mean, I don't know. Like, is Book gonna have to have forty a night now in this series? Like, I, or, or is there enough in this roster? You're gonna get enough out of guys like Bridges and Jay Crowder and and these sort of role players. I, I don't. Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think so. I yeah, think so. I, and he, even remember when like AD and LeBron were out, the Lakers still had a top defense in the league. So. Defensively, the Nuggets just aren't there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I do think all those guys is going to be open shots um, all over the place. So that might I, be where the Nuggets miss uh, old mate the most because he's feisty in in the playoffs when he's chasing other guards. Like he he gets his body on the line. He he fights, and I guess the. Relying on Faku, as cool as he is, as we've just established, he's not Jamal Murray. No, he's definitely not Jamal Murray. Um, this is going to be a fun one. Mm. I, li- I like this Suns team; they're fun to watch, uh, especially with Booker doing doing what he's doing. Uh, what do we th- What do we reckon? Predictions? I'm going to go first. Yep. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, Suns in seven. Give me, give me the in the death. What do they call it? Rally Valley, Death Valley. What are the the valley? Game seven in the valley. Game I think, seven in the valley. I think I, <laughs> I'm going Suns in seven too, just because I think Suns will win, and I've Jokic's series always goes six or seven games. Yeah, ultimately, I think the, the Nuggets sort of not being there defensively, that's my biggest worry in this whole series. I think Phoenix are just so well-rounded. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna join you boys. I think I'm gonna yeah, we're, like, yeah. we're all getting all right. on the, the game seven banana boat for the yeah. sun. This just no we, okay, whatever we just did, we gotta bet on the opposite because we don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Nate Jokic is gonna sweep him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Average forty five triple double. Alrighty. Um that kinda leaves us I mean you we kinda did Utah Clippers. I mean, do you wanna hit on any coaching stuff today? Well, I, there's probably just one that I want to chat about, and that's your boys, Jake, and Danny oh, Ainge promoting, promoting Brad Stevens to the front office, and now he's got to pick his own replacement. 
Yeah, look, uh, I was up late on whatever night it was, and I got the first Woj bomb of Danny Ainge considering stepping away. And I sent that to my dad. I'm like, okay, Woj bomb, whatever. Um, we kind of agreed that Danny, maybe we needed to do something. And then I wake up the next morning and Brad Stevens is the GM of the Boston Celtics and uh, the brain trust is about to hop on for a, for a press conference. I'm like, what, what is, what is happening? Um, I've had some time to, to kind of process it. Um, happy that Danny Ainge is no longer in charge. I think that it was time. Uh, his last couple of years weren't excellent. Um, but, and I think Brad Stevens is one of the smartest basketball people I've He's got his finger seen. on the pulse. Yeah. And if anyone knows what this team needs, it's, it's Brad Stevens. Um, I think he's going to be done with um, small point guards as his point guards. Like you go back to Butler, he was always a, like a big point guard playmaking guy who can play defense, and he's been stuck with Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, and Kemba Walker. I think that he he knows what. And getting rid of Kemba Walker is a, easier said than done, um, but I think it was it's definitely time for Danny to move on. But the the losing Brad Stevens as a as a head coach thing kind of scares me a little bit. I know you guys aren't the biggest or started to I doubt like Brad. Brad Stevens. I like but, Brad. Uh, I Baby think hates he's, Brad. I'm definitely the, the lowest on, <laughs> on he, Brad, His yeah. best skill is coaching in the playoffs and or not, maybe raising the floor of not so great teams, but first playoffs, took down the Bucks, took down the Sixers, got to game seven against LeBron. Obviously the Kyrie season, but then – they get to the conference finals last year again, and you know goes down against Spo. But I think even in that Nets series, they came out in Game One and did some stuff that the Nets didn't see coming, and they lost because uh, their team was really bad <laughs> and yeah. they had absolutely no chance. And then they they get a win, and even in the the last game, they kept it close to the fourth quarter, which they had absolutely no business doing. And that's a combination of Tatum being awesome and Brad being like a pretty good coach. And you just don't know what you're going to get. And like we see Coach yeah. Bud, we see um, Carlisle, we see these guys making kind of bone head scratching decisions. You'd never come out of a playoff game really questioning what Brad Stevens is doing. You really, you often come away being like, I, I like what he did there. So that scares me. But I kind of, I think it's time he quit coaching for eight years. I don't know if they tuned him out, but. Coaches don't really last that don't last that long outside of like Pop and Spolstra. So mm. uh, he'll still be around, um, and I hope that they bring in like a like they need some diversity. Boston's been facing the the racism stuff for a little while now. Whether or not that's justified or not is that's the kind of reputation of the team. So I think there's a almost a hundred percent chance they bring in um, someone diverse, whether it's a woman or someone that's black. Like that's almost guaranteed. I hope what do so. We think? Fellas. I hope so. I'm like, I'm, I'm just as curious as you, mate. My eyes will be on this story until I guess the name gets picked. Big shoes to fill. Even though Brad never necessarily won with the Celtics, he, he leaves with glowing reports. I don't think you'll find many Celtics fans that are unhappy with his time there. Um, no. It's going to be tough. There's a lot of teams that need coaches. We'll see. Are the Celtics going to the finals now? Because Brad's going or what? Well, mate, that's the. I mean, this could be the the Mark Jackson moves out of the way and Steve Kerr comes oh, in and, and 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 then they just dominate the league for the next five years. You got to look at it that way. It's possible. It's true. Brad was holding Evan Fournier back. <laughs> Steve Clifford needs a job. I I I kind of as much as I will often play devil's advocate with Brad and and choose the other side like obviously yeah he's a good coach and his record over the years for for the Celtics has been good I, I I will remember him in the same sort of vein more so in that not so much the playoff stuff but more so just yeah being able to drag the absolute utmost out of a maybe a roster that probably doesn't have as much talent on paper I think that that IT season in particular was the one that yeah, you couldn't you couldn't not love what they were doing and, and how he was able to sort of hide him on defense and all the sort of scheming that they were able to do. Uh, yeah, I it, it's I can understand your sort of trepidation. We're kind of stepping into the unknown now, um, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him make that transition to the front office and and how 
his, I guess, basketball mind will sort of translate from not so much, again, X's and O's, but more so like roster moves and managing the cap and, and I guess, trying to, to, to get the right pieces on that roster to, to put around Tatum and, and Brown and, and really build a, a contender. My only request, when I, and I think Brad's going to be 100% with, with me on this one, is we're not trading Jalen. We're not trading, obviously not trading Tatum, um, but... And maybe we get to the like not to get to the Blazers, but you know, James kind of tweeting cryptically or whatever, and people are throwing out Jalen for. And me and Beatty actually got into it a little bit on Twitter uh, <laughs> yesterday. So you can go check that one out. But um, I wouldn't trade Jalen for Beal. I wouldn't trade Jalen for Dame. I wouldn't trade Jalen for pretty much anyone outside of like the bona fide top five guys. I'm done with the like giving up stuff for the thirty year old point guards that have been eliminated in the first round for the past five years outside of a fluky Western Conference run, final, uh, finals run for Dame. Um, you keep those two guys. I think Brad knows what they need around those two guys, and I think he's going to do a, do a good job of it. But yeah, Jalen, give him the max as soon as he's eligible, and let's just have these two guys like do it. I mean, I know yeah. we've got to me and maybe have to bet for Tatum being uh, MVP at some point in his career, but um, since... I uh, know. Uh, sometime in April, he he outdueled out Steph Curry for forty four. Had two fifty point games and a sixty point game, and was the, one of the best was the best player on the court with the court that had KD, Kyrie, and Harden on it. Like, um, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to be a, a Tatum hater. I, I definitely have to admit that. <laughs> he plays defense. Yeah, I know. Luca, you just Luca dug your heels in so deep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I agree. I mean, Brown and, and, and Tatum are locked up, right? They're, they're long-term yeah. deals. They're yeah. probably the only two long-term deals on that team. Obviously, we've kind of touched on it. Kemba is kind of the the sticking point. And I suppose okay. if there's any flexibility in terms of the roster and the cap, that's probably where it's going to be. And, and if they can, if they decide to move on that and, and try and find a trade partner or, or if they just run it back, or that's going to be the first it. challenge. But yeah. The answer is Kemba for Horford plus a 2022 <laughs> first round pick because um, they've got pretty similar contracts, Presti's hoarding picks. And we know Horford know. works. I don't know. I think it looks pretty nice. Uh, Time Lord. Has Al Horford played basketball in the last two years? Is, is that guy That's even? Right. Is he even but they don't need him for much. They don't need him for much. They don't need him for much. They just need another big guy and pick. he can shoot some threes anyway. That's a, that we'll get we'll get to that down on the line, but um, my Sam Cassell is my number one choice uh, at this point. So I'm hoping uh, we pry him away from the Sixers bench after they lose to the Hawks in six. Well, we'll we we'll have our finger on the pulse of this story, no doubt. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's pretty much all I got to talk about this week, fellas. Until until we're we're deeper into the semis, maybe even we've got a conference final ready to go next week. Yeah, man. Yikes. It's getting to the hairy end. Other game ones tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, come Saturday, depending on what happens to us, will be game three, game four range. Um, so we won't be too deep yet, mm. but um, we'll have some thoughts. I'm having a doubt. We'll check in. Until then, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Until next time, peace. Peace.